You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Gloria a Dios. Uh, that means glory to God in Spanish. Don't know much more Spanish, except uh, that there's some really great food down in Rifle at a little place called El Patron. True. And I was there just a few days ago. And I've been ordering the tacos wrong for a long time now. Uh, I would say, can I have a case of burria? And if you read it, there's no A in the beginning of that word. It's an I. So it's burria. Burria. How would you say it? I'd say birria. That's even better. That's, a, that's what my brain wanted to say. And my mouth was failing me. Well, I'm married to a wife that is fluent in Spanish, so I should speak decent Spanish. Man, it I was, don't speak decent it was so Spanish. Good. So you got the birria. You got to roll the R at the beginning. Yeah, it's that's a tough word to say. I'm yeah. not proficient in saying so that word. So basically, they put they put some meat in there, the asada. They put some cilantro and onions. What's cilantro in Spanish? Just cilantro. Cilantro. Cilantro and cebollas. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh, and then they make this beautiful sauce. We refer to it as Mexican au jus. Consomme. But it's called consomme. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know, because it just sounds funny. Just like yeah, I think Mexican I'm, au jus. I can't say what I think. That's all right. Say it. Yeah, and you dip your tacos in it and you eat it. It's very, very good. Um, yeah, it is very good. That's the best Mexican restaurant I was going to say in Rifle, and I would say that's true. And then I would say in Silt, for sure. Newcastle, yeah. Glenwood. I don't know how far the range is, but it's the yeah. best I've had. Fernie's Tacos is a pretty close second to me, for me. There's another There's another food truck. They, there's two locations in Glenwood at the old Johnson's Mini Golf and over... Yaki's. Yeah, El Yaki. Yeah, they have a thing called a pizzadilla, and I th really think it's just an appeal towards white people because it's a big quesadilla, but they put it in a pizza box and they cut it up for you. And so you're like, ooh, cool, pizzadilla. Pizzadilla. But it's very good. That one is very good. They have a variety of sauces. If you can hear kids screaming and clapping in the background, that's because we've got a preschool program practicing in the other room. So it, don't, Just don't a disclaimer on that disclaimer is this is our second ever Shoot the Breeze podcast. We're going to be yeah. here and talk. This is how Pastor Jonathan and myself just talk when we're yeah. spending time so together. We'll try and share maybe a few nuggets today, but there really is no agenda. And when we talk about Shoot the Breeze, I was thinking like, what is the actual phrase? Is it Shoot the Breeze or Shoot in the Breeze? Wow. I always just say Shoot the Breeze. Yeah, I don't even know where that came from. Because I'm thinking like shooting in the breeze, it might might refer to something that's hard. If you're shooting in some wind, you're going to have to comp compensate for it. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, well, the way we intend it to be is that it's kind of... Unscripted. Yeah, it means you're not aiming at anything. <laughs> Which we had unscripted with Mark Brzee just on as a filler episode because we've been very productive here at the church getting things ready for Christmas and nursery remodel which is a beautiful new room we have yep. at the church and we put up unscripted with mark brzee and that was full of just golden yes. spiritual nuggets oh absolutely this he is just, came in with no yeah no agenda and he was like let's just talk boys he didn't say that, that goals for me i yeah. would love to just be able yeah. to do that it was great i can still picture him just kind of having his hands next to himself just like let's go whatever direction you want to go let's do it i'm all for it yeah and it then being cool. like i thought it sounded like you had 
prepped what you said for no. months beforehand. No, it just came from the That's, wellspring within him. He's just filled. That's a goal for me, to be filled. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I was thinking about being filled uh, in all things be led. Oh, I've heard that said a lot. Like, hey, in all things be led. Meaning, just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Which is great advice. You'll never disagree with that advice, but when you receive that advice, you often yeah. feel like it's not very practical. Yeah. What One thing I've been noticing lately is that I've been missing his voice a lot, which kind of sounds like some failures, but he speaks to me pretty clearly in the things that don't matter. And I've been failing at those lately. Yeah. And it was like, hey, your wife's going to want this. And I'm like, ah, it's fine. And then like, a minute later, she comes and says, hey, could you get... I'm like, I, he told me. He told me. And really, it's not this audible voice. It's an inward witness. And so Pastor Mark gives great stories about this. Remember the coffee maker? Sure do, with the he, water. Yeah. And he was filling... I think it was in a hotel room. He was filling it up. Or the cup on the coffee table. Yep. And it was about to drip over. And he felt the inward witness. It's just... Here. Uh, I can't remember who said it. Is it, it's one of the guys with the initials for their names. It's a, it might be a CS Lewis. It might be an AW Tozer. It might be an AA Allen. Who was it that said the voice of your spirit is your conscience? I think it was EW Kenyon. <laughs> EW Kenyon. And so sometimes we're waiting for like this, this voice. It's like my child, don't let the coffee spill. It's just an inward witness. It's like, you know what? I need to clean that up. And it's been happening to me a lot lately, but I'm writing that stuff down. And I go, I believe that was the spirit. Uh, I believe that was the spirit. And so even though I've been failing and listening to him, I think he's training you in the things that don't matter because when it comes time for the things that do matter, you need to, you need to be able to pick up on his voice and pick up like, no, that's just not a feeling that I have. That's really the voice of my spirit or his spirit communicating to my spirit. That's great. And I think that's the graciousness and kindness of God. Now, if your experience is completely different than mine and goes against the analogy I'm trying to make, I would ask you as a good friend to just leave your personal story out of it <laughs> so that mine can stand as truth and be Wait, beneficial. Did I just do that to you? No, I'm oh. about to say something, but your experience may be very different. Okay. When I was learning to ride a bike, my dad took me to a park and I rode in the grass. The reason being is as I was going to learn to fall off and hit, it was going to hurt me less yeah. to fall on the grass than it would on the asphalt. Now, once I was able to go for a while in the grass, he's like, Hey, let's take this to the sidewalk, which sounds like we're about ready to get in a fight. <laughs> but no, he meant ride the bike on the sidewalk because that's the next level. And it's actually easier to pedal on sidewalks and asphalt, yeah. but it's safer in the grass. Yep. I think God tries to teach us to learn his voice and things that seem like they don't matter because there's less consequences if, you know, I, right. my wife wants a fill up on her water and I didn't know that her tumbler was almost empty, but I could have done it earlier. Yeah. She might be a little frustrated, but how is she going to be frustrated when she hasn't even asked and I fill it up if I do it? He's doing it in safe atmosphere so he can trust us in greater and more grandiose things grandiose. that might have higher expectations and higher consequences yeah. if we miss it. I agree with everything that you just said. Thanks for the validation. I was going to go somewhere else earlier when we were talking okay. about being led by the spirit, because I've heard many people say in all things be led, but I started to say in all things be filled because what you're filled with ends up leading you by default. 
For example, I have a Coke Zero on the table, which is not uncommon to this podcast at all. And <laughs> yeah. I've got a cup of coffee. Some may yeah. say too much ca- caffeine. I might well, have to Coke agree Zero don't with have you. Caffeine, right? Coke Zero has caffeine. Oh, oh, there's no sugar. No sugar, but they got caffeine. It's not zero caffeine. But my point is, this liquid it's going to fill me up, and it's going to lead me to the bathroom at some point. <laughs> Why? True. Because of what I chose to be filled with. If you get filled with anger. It will lead you into an argument or an outburst of wrath. wrath. Exactly. So if we determine what we're filled with, the being led is just a byproduct of whatever we choose to be filled with. So in all things, be filled. Then you don't have to worry about where to be led. Yeah. All right. Going back to the bicycle in the grass, which my personal experience. Don't do it if it's different, man. No. My sister's experience was in the grass. (laughs) (laughs) My sister was in the grass. (laughs) You and my sister have a lot in common. No. Uh, I was going to say, that's the beautiful thing about the church and what Pastor Mark has actually been preaching about. We were talking about covenant connection. If you've been coming to this church, you know that the series that we're in is called Covenant Connection. It could change by the time this podcast is out, but I don't think it will. Um, and he was talking about the vision of this church and why it's so important for every member to get in their place because this is a training ground. It's literally the equivalent of riding your bike in the grass. If you don't know how to get along with the person in the department across from you in a setting that is relatively spiritual and godly and, uh, there for your benefit, how are you going to do it out in the world? And so God's really using, again, the church is, an equipping place, a place of equipping, equipping saints for the work of ministry. So you learn how to interact, be led by the spirit, be somebody who's patient and kind operating in those fruits in the church setting. So you can go out onto the sidewalk. You can go out eventually onto the asphalt that needs a new chip and seal because you fall on that bad boy hurts. (laughs) You screw up in the world. It's gonna, it's gonna stink. No. Uh, Yeah. That was good. That was spiritual right there. Well, thanks. Well, I was, I was also patting myself on the back, but thank you both. Yeah, of- I'm trying to remember. I would butcher it, but it was talking about, you know, uh, churches being hospitals, and we love to say that. But mm-hmm. They said if your church only remains a hospital, then you just have people coming in to get their spiritual fix. Yeah. It's like, man, I need my dose. So I go in, and then the pastor is more of like a drug dealer. Which, wow, that sounds kind of crazy, but it's great for it to initially be a hospital, but it needs to turn into a training ground. Pastor Mark, a while ago, used this analogy, and it's similar, but it's slightly different, but I thought it was really great. And he was trying to explain why salvation is free, but yet we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And there's so much in the New Testament about us actually doing works when works can't get you saved. He compared being in union with Christ and salvation to a free gym membership. Yeah. So he gives you the gym membership for free, but the expectation is you show up to the gym and use your membership. Right. So yes, it's awesome to have a free gym membership and have entrance. But once you show up to the gym, there's large expectations of growth in being there. So sure. Hospital's a good starting point, but maybe we need to start looking at the church as a gym and there's different people all along the spectrums right. when they show up to a yeah. gym. I love that analogy. And, and you think about a hospital too. I mean, 
just go, being very basic, you go to a hospital when you're sick. You don't go to a hospital when you're healthy. So if you're treating it like that, it means that you feel good, you get sick, you come, you feel good, you leave, then you get sick, you come back. It's this endless cycle. But you come to the hospital, you feel good, and then you walk down the hall, you get out of the ICU, and you see a gym. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why my accent changed right there. And then it starts coming into comparison. I mean, I've been in gyms, and it's easy to compare, but it's also very evident that you shouldn't compare in some gyms because the mom who just recently had a baby is not going to be lifting the same weight right. as Tim who may or may not be on performance Good enhancing job. drugs. <laughs> Tim, Susan, you know who you are, who's trying to get rid of some of the excess weight. And walking on the treadmill shouldn't compare to Tim and Tim shouldn't feel good about himself saying he lifts more than Susie. We're all right. on different levels, but yep. the purpose is with you where you're at in your life, are you developing and growing? And I think we would all be healthier if we looked at ourselves in the church going, I can't compare because I read my Bible and Paul says that's not wise. So where am I at right now? Where do I want to be? Where's God calling me? And I'm going to grow today. Yeah. Man, we'd have better church yeah. experiences there. And the great thing about going to a gym is that you got people there to spot you. Yeah, it's true. And when you lift by yourself, you're not going to lift as much as you can or even think that you can. And it's just the great thing about, I mean, sometimes gym culture can be pretty toxic, but there's a community there that usually for the most part is all, like you're saying, in the perfect world, they're all really there to encourage and build one another up exactly. no matter. And that's how I believe the body of Christ can be. And you might be thinking like, well, I've got my own time at my house. You should have your own time at your house, but I don't care who you are. This is probably an unscientific study, but you will always be able to perform more, perform better with the help of a spotter in community. Like you'll be able to push the limits of how much you can lift in a gym setting or with a lifting partner than you will by yourself. So you might be thinking, I'm doing great in my own spiritual time, which you should. Again, let me reiterate, you should have that time. But there is more growth to be made in a communal setting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I heard a minister say this, you don't go as far as your dream, you go as far as your team. Now, in Covenant Connection, we are on the same team. We have a team mindset. And that, again, comes back to why are we showing up to church. Are we showing up just for fellowship? So many people just come because they're here and it's a safe place to have fellowship. Not necessarily bad, but not full. That's not the full purpose of it. I like what Pastor Mark said based off of something that John Grunewald, again, you can listen to an episode from John Grunewald. We have one on this podcast, but if you boil down the great commission in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, it's about building. It's about growing the church. When your focus is growth and there's a group that has a focus of growth, that's not just numerically, it's internally and the calling on your life and your love walk. All If it's focused on growth, people will support you in your growth and you'll go farther than you could yourself. Couldn't agree more. I was going to say something else on top of that, but I lost it. Yeah, I started listening to the Christmas music in the background. Yeah, it's pretty strong. You you may be serenaded with some background music. Maybe they can't hear it as much as we think they can. That usually happens. That usually does. One Thank day, God. one time we were having a podcast, and there was some our you know our our wall here is an exterior wall, and somebody was literally on the other side scrubbing off swallows' nests. It yes, was like, <laughs> but nobody even heard it. No one even heard it. 
Nobody heard it. What are we talking about now? That, I don't know, man. We, that we was a really good, good run of spiritual stuff. God-centered talk. Good thing you can edit out. Can You can make this seem all smooth and seamless if you want. Or I can leave it raw. You can leave it raw. Speaking of raw, when we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was at the hibachi grill, I think you were at my hibachi at spot. That was some of the most raw meat I've ever eaten in my life. I oh, asked, you for asked my for medium steak. rare? No, I asked for rare. But he literally put it on there for 30 seconds on that flat top, 60 Oof. seconds, and put it on my plate. It was still cool in the middle. Did you enjoy that? It did. I think my stomach might have been a little bit like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because we heated that up a little bit more, and I wanted to tell my stomach, I wish he would have, but I wasn't going to hey. make a scene. All potatoes are mashed potatoes, according to your stomach. <laughs> That's true. But what's up with corn? I feel like corn does not get processed very well. It's resistant to stomach acid. Have you ever noticed that? You can eat corn <laughs> yeah. and it passes through like it hasn't even yep. gone through anything. Yep. I saw a funny, a funny meme and it was like all these different vegetables on a roller coaster ride. And like they get done and all the other roller coaster, all the other uh, vegetables are like, we're so done. And the corn's like, again, again. <laughs> corn's tough, man. Corn is tough. And no. it has really no nutritional benefit. That I've heard that. Like, what does it do for you? What is the most satiating food out there? It's a vegetable. The most satiating food. Most satiating. It'll make you feel fuller longer. A potato? Potato. What about a sweet potato? I've heard that the health benefits from a sweet potato and a regular russet aren't as drastically separate as you'd think they'd be. I think sweet potatoes are slightly better for you, but they are not that much better for you. And I'm not a huge sweet potato fan. My wife loves sweet potatoes. Sweet I'll potato eat, fries are great with you when you get some good salt on it. I'll eat about any food there is. You know that about me, but I prefer just regular russets. Idaho spuds? Idaho spuds, sure. I, I'm down. Where are they at? Uh, not here. <laughs> <laughs> not in my lunchbox either today. Oh, that's funny. Going back to Mexican food. I wish we had more Tex-Mex places around. I actually prefer Tex-Mex food to authentic Mexican food. And I, I'm in a minority here because we're not in Texas, but it's wild. There's a place in Texas called Taco Cabana. It's a fast food place that's throughout taco, Texas, and it's, but it's cabana. purely Tex-Mex food. And they literally had a new seasonal specialty, and it was tacos with hot Cheetos in them. I kind of wanted to try it. Apparently, they're really pretty good, but it's very good. And the flour tortillas are great. They're big thing. Something that we don't have here in Colorado is that their Mexican food restaurants, all of them, are open for breakfast. Like breakfast really? is one of the biggest sellers for them. And they don't do burritos. It's hard to find burritos in Tex-Mex food, but breakfast tacos are very big. And they've got a big span of different options that you can put in the flour tortilla. And Spam is one of the popular things I you can put in. I enjoy Spam, actually. I might get some hate for that. But. Yeah, I like Spam, too. And if you put like Spam, chorizo, and potato, man, that's a good breakfast We don't have taco. enough chorizo around here. And I want, I want, there needs to be a taco truck or something that opens up for the mornings. You have a solid breakfast burrito with just some eggs and some 
chorizo. Yeah, so good. Maybe a little green chili. I don't know. That would be a hit. You know what I place agree. needs to do it? They might already do it. The little espresso hut in Glenwood. They would do very well. Yeah. We, I wanted to mention this as a great Mexican restaurant, but Los Hilbertitos or Hilbertitos, yep. they're open for breakfast and their breakfast burritos are great. I haven't had a breakfast burrito, but the California burrito is Very awesome. good. Very good. It's like carne asada with potatoes. So yep. when I was in Nashville, there was a taco truck that did the same thing, but they filled it with French fries. Ooh, that it sounds was very good. good. That sounds pretty good. Now, I think at Hilberto's, if you want to try it, or Hilberto's, if I liked the restaurant so much, I'd probably know the exact name of it. But they have a super fries burrito. So you can get a burrito with the super fries inside of it. Okay. So you might want to try that. I've had super fries at El Yaki. I've had super fries. Where where is that other place? I know your favorite. Well, Fernie's is the best super fries, in my humble opinion. MHO. My humble opinion. TBH. I just had somebody who was younger than me literally say that, like as serious as could be, in the just in the middle of their sentence. They said, "Tbh." They said, "I could cry if I listened to that song, Tbh." And I was like, "Did you just say Tbh? Like to be honest?" Yeah. And then I said, "How often do you use the word cap in a sentence?" And they said, "Not at all." And I didn't believe them. If you're older than us and you don't know what the word cap is. Cap means you're lying about something. So I think millennials can be a translator for the Gen Xers with the Gen Zs. Barely, though. Just barely. I, I'm, I'm not very good they at it. They got a lot of things, but they'll say, that's cap or no cap. It means okay. they're not lying. That's true. Yeah. No cap. No cap. Factor cap. What else do they say? Honestly, dude, I don't drip. even know. Yeah, drip is... Style, like if you got good fashion, <laughs> look at the drip. drip. Check the drip. <laughs> yeah, uh, nothing's coming on to the top of my head right now. But. No, neither. Man, we started off really spiritual. That's okay. And we trailed back into food, went into some Gen Z lingo. What is the best thing about Gen Z? Uh, I think whew, this is a good topic. What's the best thing about Gen Z? I think the best thing about Gen Z, it may not, just what comes to mind right now, I might, I might think of something better. But uh, I think that they, so the age of like, okay, let me re, let me just give you some background. We live in an age right now where it's so, e- I mean, there's so much access to self-starting things. Uh, and I think they have, they have a lot of ambition to be their own boss. They have an entrepreneurial spirit. That's a great way to say it. They have an entrepreneurial spirit and they see the nine to five pattern that has been placed before them that their parents and their grandparents have done. And they're like, they say no to that. So a lot of times we think, oh, you're really entitled. Dude, how many Gen Z's do you know that save all their money? We just asked a parent of a Gen Z yeah. and they're like, yeah, my student, my child is very frugal. Yeah. I think that the entrepreneurial spirit and the the desire to do things radically different can be a blessing and a cursing. But that's one of the main things I notice about Gen Z. I like that. What do you think? Ditto to everything you just said. I actually think compared to millennials, they're a little less, how am I going to say this? 
they're more willing to be open and show some of their flaws and be okay with other people's flaws. And they're not as this is only my highlight reel. I actually believe that. I feel really? like our generation had a harder time showing showing flaws than Gen Z does today. Yeah. All right. I think that our generation is the last generation that will have an appreciation and an understanding of where we came from. Well, I hope by faith that's not true. But <laughs> well, and just and just our generation, millennials, really grew up in the zenith of this radical technological shift because we were born and cell phones were just barely, I mean, we had cell phones, they were big bricks, but the advent of the internet and we, we went like in my lifetime, in my growing up phase, we had tape decks, cassettes, then CDs, then MP3s. All of that. Just we had so many technological During changes. During our formative years, there was the most you say it shift. So I say the growing up phase of technological advances. Yes, that there has ever been in history. Well, actually, maybe not true. Like people with like electricity. And that's stuff. subjective. Yeah, but that that stands out. I can agree with that. So we have somewhat of an appreciation for what it was, or an ability it, to adapt to the way things were. Yeah. Yep. We uh, may be the hope. To connect Gen X and yeah, those remaining boomers, which there's plenty of, <laughs> to the Gen Zs. The remaining boomers. Yeah. Okay. Gen Z's biggest flaw. Gen Z's biggest flaw. I already kind of named, well, I said our generation. I, I think Gen Z doesn't have an appreciation for what has been set up for them. I'd agree. I'd, I would say that it's very hard for them I mean, I think it was a big difficulty for boomers to connect to millennials, but I think Gen Z connecting to other generations, I think it might be even a bigger gap. Yeah. And if you were to take a poll of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Most of the Gen Zs are, it's going to be something technology based whether it be a streamer, something on YouTube, which is crazy. The way to make money now, there's just so many other oh, yeah. avenues oh, than yeah. go to college and get a degree. That is so true. But the trades are still growing strong, and I think there needs to be another big push for going into the trades. And a person who's a great proponent of that, who has a great podcast, is Mike Rowe. And you might know him from Dirty Jobs. But he travels around the country now, and he talks about the trades, and he really pushes it, and they do programs where they sponsor young people to go to a trade school. That's interesting that you said that. And I know some people have a fear of trades going out with some of the technological advances and robots and what's going to happen. And I had an interesting conversation about three years ago in a steam room of all places <laughs> at an athletic club. There was a gentleman who was a truck driver, but he was convinced that self-driving vehicles are going to be, the thing that drivers are yeah. going to be obsolete very soon. But he said, I don't feel concerned because there's going to be such a need for the drivers to make a small shift to become more mechanically inclined to help the self-driving vehicles yeah. that it's not going to eliminate people. They're just going to have to shift to 
servicing all the robots. There's going to be such a high demand yeah. of people to actually work on the robots and the self-driving mm -hmm. and the artificial intelligence. But think about when they get to a location and they got to unload all the stuff. You think that can be automated as well, like robots? Like a I bunch of can. cameras in there that shows you how many packages you have and if they get offloaded. And if they I think it can, place. but I think it's way out in the future. I was in an airport in Dallas and they had an Amazon grocery store. Well, it wasn't a grocery Amazon store. Amazon Fresh or? Uh, wait, it had produce and stuff in it. So yeah, maybe it was Amazon Fresh. But if you look above you, there was like 200 cameras at every, right. pointed at every location. Because there's no one in the store, there right? There's no one in the in. store and you walk in and if you're an Amazon Prime member. You take your right thumb yeah. where you have the chip. No, they, they had that option. That's I'm creepy. not even kidding. That's creepy. And the dude, there was one guy there, but he was just there to deter stealing. They would know if you stole. But he had the chip. Ah. And he did not even care about it. But you walk in, it knows you're an Amazon Prime member, you grab all your stuff, and then you walk out, and it, it automatically charges it. Wild. It was wild. The reason I was saying I think it's totally possible is in Korea... There are restaurants, I saw this on YouTube, where you go in and there's a robot wheeled hostess. They're like, hi, yeah. welcome, how many? And then it takes you to the table, it takes your order, you press, it has a screen on like its chest and you like tap what you want, it goes back and then yeah. it brings out your food. That's like no. an introvert's dream. Like, I don't have to talk to no one, just yeah. do you push think on the robot's belly. Do you think people will become <laughs> socially anxious around robots? <laughs> I think people will develop that phobia because fear knows no bounds. The enemy doesn't know. Yeah. It. Yeah. You Have you seen the commercials? I think it's Boston Dynamics. It's a company obviously in Boston and they create the robots that can like go through obstacle courses. They created the things that they look like dogs. I thought that was MIT, but MIT is and, in Boston. So yeah, well it might be a wing of MIT, but it's called, they're called Boston Dynamics. And they have these videos of like how they can recalibrate their balance and they're kicking these robots. It looks like they're just abusing dogs because they look like animatronic dogs, but they're able to recover and get back wow. and they put them on like BOSU balls and stuff and they can. And then they just did a release. They did a commercial for the Cybertruck where one of the robots drove the Cybertruck out and then the other robots all had guns and were shooting at the Cybertruck because it's made of titanium. It's bulletproof. So they're shooting at it, and then the robot comes out. I looked into that video because I was like, this can't be real. All of it is real. But the thing is, is that they pre-programmed the movements of the robots. Oh. So they're not, like, completely sentient yet. Yeah. But it's Different getting closer for and closer. another time. Yeah, that's a crazy. We went from finding your place in the body of Christ to Mexican to AI. Gen Z. Gen, Gen Z, Z was oh, the yeah. connecting point. Is Gen Z wrong for wanting to do technological careers? No. no. Is there going to be a gap? I don't. It's getting pretty strong. Out I there. don't know why the sound of the free scores is getting louder and louder and they're louder. They're doing. I want to wish you a merry Christmas. That's that, the one that they're that's all the finale. In. They're all in on that. <laughs> they're all in on that one. That that's it. Uh, what I'm saying is, is there going to be a gap? Where we don't have people who are willing to do physical labor jobs. I don't think there really will be. I have faith that there's going to be enough of the generation that's inclined to still work with their hands yeah. to fill those positions until there's an adequate amount of machines that'll do them <laughs> for us. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, what's the phrase? It's a catch 22. 
there's there's a plus and a minus to everything because the goal in life it should be to advance to make things easier for people but there's a there's a big downside to that you get the entitlement you get the lack of work ethic you get all that but there's really two types of people in life there's the i went through this so you have to as well and then there's the i went through this and i don't want you to go through this and there's not a whole lot in between it seems mm, like that's true that's a big statement and i think that that is a big statement i think that the older generations subscribe to the first statement a little bit more yeah that's true than the younger generations and i'm not saying one is right and one is wrong no i I'd, I'd have but to i know like being say a I parent agree with that statement there's certain things that you say i went through this and you got to go through this too like social anxiety like knocking on the neighbor's door when you broke their window with a baseball you're gonna do it like i don't care how much you hate this you got to learn this because it's good for their development it just yeah. comes down do you have a foundational belief that going through this will develop you right or is it going to deplete you or destroy you yeah because if it's one of those if we really believe it's going to help them, why not go through it or we just believe life's going to present other opportunities right. that'll help they don't have to go yeah. through the same thing as us yeah but I also have this belief that, you know, when we talk about like kids and iPads and phones, there's obviously a downside to it. People are addicted to their phones. But I think Very we've already much. talked about this. It's it's the relevant entertainment. Back when your grandparents were kids, they would their parents were probably saying, put down the book, right? So it's just different. Uh, I think books probably are better for entertainment than your phone, but yeah. it's just the relevant form of entertainment. So yeah, we've been talking for too long. Yeah. I don't really got anything else. No, that's good. I just, How do you share wisdom of the day? Well, I'm going to go back to what we were spiritually talking about. I think there was really good nuggets about the church, yeah. uh, but something I have been chewing on a while ago, and I think it is very practical. Because I've struggled with being led by the Spirit of God. And am I really following the Spirit of God? Just focus on being filled with the Spirit of God. And how do you do that? You pray in the Spirit more. You you meditate on what the Spirit is highlighting. He illuminates the inward part. So what is coming to life? When you come on Sunday, what is that one thing that was said by Pastor Mark Allen? Or even through us in the video announcements, I guess it's possible, <laughs> that lit up. And as you choose to focus on that, uh, remind yourself of it, pray it out. I believe a byproduct is going to be led by the spirit of God. That's my wisdom of the day. That's something practical. Yeah. You can take out of the shoot out the of the breeze shoot. episode. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I can, I can kind of piggyback off of that just with the, with the being filled aspect. I think that when you always have an agenda for what you're believing God for, uh, your faith becomes transactional. And you will be, you you will be set up for a lot of disappointment, because God doesn't work transactionally; He works relationally. So this whole idea of being filled the whole time, like, and it's I think it's what Pastor Mark's been teaching on about the covenant connection, understanding you're in covenant with Him, uh, and you do things out of love. And I just I'm striving, especially in this new year is to approach, I mean, we didn't really talk about this, so I guess this is just a free nugget that will also be wisdom of the day. That when I go into my prayer time, in my quiet time with the Lord, I'm not doing it because I want to make a transactional exchange. 
I'm doing it because I want to know him better. And out of that, all these other things that we want to believe God for, just it, it, it's this whole cart before the horse analogy. Um, if I don't have a foundation of relationship, who am I to ask him for this or that? So I've been dealing with that personally. Like, am I just transactional with the Lord? I, you know, right now I'm experiencing some stuffiness. You can probably hear it. So you put on the scriptures, the healing scriptures, you, you look at healing scriptures, you really attack it. And I'm, and I feel like the Lord's like, dude, why aren't you this fervent and tenacious in your faith all the time? Well, cause I need healing right now. Well, that is transactional. I think what you're getting into is a deeper subject and it'll help us in many ways because so many of us feel like we're just trying to get something out of God and every time we talk to him, but we also feel like God's just trying to get something out of us that if I talk to God, he's just going to talk about that one area of life that I'm not up to. And he's just going to tell me how I need to work on it. And it's just going to always be there. Every time I go into the prayer closet, well, Maybe, but how many people are you going to be in relationship that every time you talk to them, it's about something you're not doing well and how you need to get it better? That's not good. You would never hang out with that person. You would never have a relationship with that person. So the way we go into conversation with God, what we expect out of him needs to be based out of relationship. This is good. Real good. Not me trying to get something out of him and not him just going, I need to get this out of you. Because when Jesus brought the disciples... There were so many things, so they would fall after him. But the first thing was that they would be with him. Yeah. That's good stuff, dude. It's for another podcast, though. All right. Well, from Pastor Jonathan, myself, and all the preschool that you might (laughs) or might not have heard in the podcast, we appreciate you. And we'll be back next time on the Sewing and Growing podcast with J&J. And we did not pray, but I encourage you to pray as you go. Good, good, good.